Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name's Kurt Robinson. And my name's Aaron Battle. All right. So today we're talking about a controversial or semi-controversial or somewhat controversial subject. We're talking about school, especially our own experiences in school, uh, what it was like to be bullied sometimes by teachers and, and how this school system came about and what's wrong with it. We, we chat about a few personal episodes. We, uh, we discussed whether we would have followed the same path, whether we would stay in school as long as we did. What would we do if we were 15 again and in Australia and if we could leave? Would we jump? And would it be worth our while? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I think yeah. we would. <laughs> <laughs> so we talk about some, some structural problems in, in schools and how, well, sometimes... Teachers don't always have your best interests at heart and maybe they have a big, profound effect on a child's life. Deep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And yeah, so so we talk about what it's like to rebel when you're in school if you have a problem with authority like like we do. Uh, Then maybe, maybe you need to find some way to let that out. So... We, we question whether 13 years is enough or do, do kids need more punishment? <laughs> Maybe kids should go to school sit from, from their first birthday. Uh, all right. So uh, my, name's, my name's Kurt Robinson. This, and my name's Aaron Battle. So we're going we're gonna to get into this. Um, so press like on, on Facebook, head on over to Facebook and type in the Paradise Paradox in the search bar and then it'll come up, you'll click on it and then you'll press like, hover over the like button, it's got a get notifications button, that way you can see every time we post crazy shit just like a photo of a dead dingo's dick and then you're going to head on over to <laughs> where YouTube, press like on YouTube, press subscribe on YouTube, and that's going to mean your these videos will be up, up in the forefront whenever you head on to YouTube. And then you're going to go to iTunes if you use an iPhone or an iPod or, or an Apple. Um, you can go onto iTunes and su- subscribe on there so it'll download the, the podcast automatically when they get uploaded. Similar thing, if you use Android, you can go onto Pocket Cast and use that. Uh, and then we really love it. We appreciate it. We love it so much that it brings us, reduces us to tears when you go on donate.theparadiseparadox.com. And we especially like it. It's not just because it's money. We do like money. Money is practical and very useful. But we also like it when you send us a little bit of money because it says to us that these ideas are valuable and what we're doing is important to you. So we, we do like that. We appreciate it. Uh, we do triple backflips whenever we receive a little bit of money. And also, if you're going to buy something from Amazon, especially in, if you're in the United States, Head on to theparadoxparadox.com. You see at the top, there's a Shop Amazon button. Click on that magical, mystical button. It's going to transport you to another world, well, to Amazon, where you can order some things. It's not going to cost you any extra. It's just going to mean that we receive a little bit of commission. So go ahead and do that. Do it now. Do it. Do it. Damn, I tell you. Okay, let's get into it. You have to post that thing goes dick. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't understand me.
Self-development? Self-development. Is, 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 that, is that where we're starting? No, you... It's been an evolutionary topic. No, hold on. You want it? <laughs> no, you're talking about self-development. You told me we're going to talk about school. Well, yeah, school. I thought school was self-development. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> like a, as a kid, why, why would we go to school if it wasn't to develop? Right, um, right. That's I think quite reasonable. It's kind of the, the bullshit that we're convinced, isn't it? <laughs> Warm, bull fed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, what do you what do you remember from from school? What, uh, do you remember your first day of school? Uh, bits of it. Hmm. Um, well, I remember there was there was an orientation day that that we went to before you go to school, and it was kind of like a trial, and I give you a buddy. And you, you know, you you're introduced to the to the weird, the interesting kindergarten room smell. What the hell's that all about? Mixed kindergarten play doh, crayons, vomit, probably urine, possibly. Yep. <laughs> so that that seemed pretty normal. Um, <laughs> but then the first day, the first day of school, they 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 butted me up with uh, you know, that like. A boy line and a girl line, yeah. and we all had to hold hands and walk to walk to class after assembly. Yeah. I remember that that was very significant. I think that was like probably the first the first times I was forced to hold someone to hold someone's hand, right, and, and walk in a straight line. <laughs> it's like it, it didn't it didn't seem normal. <laughs> like this is weird. But then you, you see mum and dad over in the distance taking a photo, and like, well, okay, they're cool with it. And you just kind of go along with it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, you know, today uh, in a lot of places, I guess that wouldn't be allowed because of the, the possibility of infection. <laughs> there could be handheld spread diseases. Cooties. <laughs> yeah, cooties is a serious problem in the kindergarten these days. Mm. Well, yeah, I remember the same thing, like, was put in a in in the line of boys and a line of girls, and, and we're told to hold hands, and and uh, we walked into the library, and I was holding hands with with this girl named Amanda Cuddle, and she was singing a song about bananas, uh, and I was very confused. So, it, it sounds so, confusing. <laughs> yeah, traumatizing experience. I can't remember the name of the girl that I held a hand. <laughs> Mm. Brooke, yeah, I think it was Brooke. <laughs> well, I remember this girl because I had I later developed a crush on her. That's the only reason oh, I remember yeah. it, probably. Yeah, yeah. That uh, singing songs about bananas, you know, serenaded me. <laughs> well, a significant mm. moment of childhood. Mm. Yeah. So the, I mean, it, it caught me by surprise, and we'll, we'll go through the notes with this and. I was four and a half years old right. where, when this happened. Like yeah. that, that seems very young. Yeah, it seems young to be thrust into the world, take, taken away from your parents to hang out with a bunch of strangers who maybe your parents know them, maybe they, they don't know them all that well. That's a weird thing about school. Like in, in this case, I mean, I was going to school in the, in 
you know, you know, lawn. Yeah. Where where I grew up, mm-hmm. yeah. There's there's an infant school, so like from kindergarten to to year two, this this school will take care of you. So my parents actually did know my teachers, but in 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 that case, but later, um, my my parents hardly knew my teachers at all. But they were just assuming that everything was fine. How how messed up is that? Like. Would you let a babysitter watch your kids if you didn't know the babysitter without a recommendation or something? No, no, they, they got the recommendation. That was a government <laughs> approval. It, it was a, a public school, right? I, yeah, it was. Uh, I always went to public school. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. No, I attended Raymond Terrace Primary, mm-hmm. and yeah, they they just had kindergarten and then one through to six. There wasn't a, a special kindergarten year one, year two. Mm. But um, I guess it was no. I guess my, my parents were pretty involved. I mean, there was always the the introduction to the teacher, like a like a first day. No, but I guess you're right. I guess later in later years, it wasn't a very big school. Most most um, I think my parents knew most teachers or had a, a mm. vibe about them. Yeah. But there is a certain level of trust. Well, you know, let it let it go. You know, I, I've got a vibe. I'm, I'm sure he's a good guy. I've never met him, but you know it's probably okay. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, everybody just goes along with it, completely normal. Nobody worries. Nobody seems to care. <laughs> I remember wondering why, like, what the hell is school all about? Like, what, do I have, Dad? Do I have to do this? Mm. Like, you know, like why? The classic kid question. Yep. And I, 13 years of your life hmm. going into, into studying stuff that you know, you're not interested in. Hmm. And then uh, I, I'm not sure what year you realize it's just a game and it's just a matter of remembering stuff and then filling it in and it, you know, the, the form at the end. It's like, yeah, I, I watched it. I watched the movie. I turned up. And you fill the form in, which is an exam, hmm. just to... I, I don't know. I guess it's uh, like a your parents makes your parents happy mm-hmm. to know that you know that you remembered some stuff. It's like you know my, my child has a good memory. <laughs> but I, I remember asking dad like why why do I have to do this? Like do I have to do this? And I, I must have been young because I can't really remember when. Yeah. And he gave me a really cool. I mean, at the at the time I was like oh, that's a bullshit answer. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I look back now and I'm like well, that's that's pretty pretty good answer. What? What did he say? He said, um, well, I went to school. That's a terrible <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's absolute nonsense. No, but I mean, it, but it's true. It's like the truth is he didn't know either. <laughs> right. And he, he's just okay, like, well, sure. you know, like my mum and dad made me do it. So now I'm making you do it. <laughs> it's like, and, I, and I'm bored. I was like, well, shit. So we're both in this together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, dad. Okay. Um, but it just—it seems like a, a one. You're young, yeah, and then it's a long period of time. Yes, yes, it's a, it's very Thir- thirteen years. You know, it could be you know eleven or thirteen years. That is, that's a very long time. At least, yeah, yeah. Well, some people stick around for an extra round of government indoctrination. If they're convinced, <laughs> they get most this of is a, This is a good thing. Well, yeah. I mean, you, 
okay, I'm being a bit too harsh there. Of course, there's good things about universities, and uh, but there's also a lot of bad things. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's. I've I've heard things like, you know, the the Catholic Church gets a, a lot of criticism for the amount of paedophiles that are in the Catholic Church, which it it sounds strange to phrase it like that. Yeah, like there's this system. We know that it has paedophiles in it. We know that child children get abused. We know, but that's you know that's just the system and that's just the way it goes. Uh, like the 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 priests get criticized, of course, but the the church seems to, to some extent, avoid criticism as a system. Um, but then um, you have the public school system, and this is also, you know, if I if I said to you, let's pretend that you're you're a paedophile. Or, I don't know. That's a horrible thing to pretend. But <laughs> a paedophile, um, a paedophile um, has a, a job search. You know, he's looking for a job, and he sees this job, and it says, "You get to be around children, unsupervised, six hours a day." What do you think? What, do you think a paedophile is going to be attracted to that position? Well, if he's going to give in to his urges. If he was smart, he would not be attracted to that position. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, um, not that I'm trying to defend pedophiles. But yeah, no, you're right. You're but, right because if if a person has that urge, then it makes sense for them not to take that position, to not put themselves in the in the point of temptation, and and uh, avoid a whole lot of problems. That that's absolutely right. Um, but. If if they do have those urges and they do see this opportunity to hang around kids all day, well, maybe they're going to accept it. If if they know, mm. I mean, if, if yeah, yeah. Otherwise, why would you put yourself in that position? Mm. It's um, you're playing with with fire, yeah, or children in that case. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ch- children are on fire. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's an accurate metaphor. Children, fire. Both extremely hot. No, that's not what I want to say. Well, you you wouldn't let your kids play matches. That's what you're trying to say, right? (laughs) I hope that's what I'm trying to say. Zero fire around the kids. Yeah, but fortunately, I I never had uh, any problems like that. But I'm sure that there are a lot of things that go on. It's very sensitive. Yeah, because especially in, in public schools because bureaucrats kept their jobs protected. Everybody knows if you're in a government position, you got it for life, in, well, in most countries. Or at least you looked after for life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of assumptions from school, like the, the teachers are of quality, mm. of character, mm. um, that the education that your children are learning is... On point, correct, <laughs> and valuable. Yeah. Um, there's a certain level of, of expectations in the development that your child's going to receive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and it's not all about the education and the teacher. It's all, it's, you know, the interaction with the other kids. Okay. And learning to be social and all that. I think that, that's, that's an important aspect <laughs> of school that I guess um, is questionable whether, whether it is 
of quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, when when I, whenever I talk to people about unschooling uh, as a as an idea, not as something I've actually practiced or, or observed firsthand, but as an idea, I tell that to people, and they say, "Well, homeschooling kids or unschooling kids are just going to be weird. They're not going to be socialized. They're they're not going to have any normal social interactions. Normal social interactions." Like, I mean, you can get social interaction in, in a prison, but does that mean it's going to be good? <laughs> and that's more or less the kind of environment you're putting kids into when you send them to one of these schools. Yeah, I'm not going to draw upon the, the direct lines of comparison. <laughs> oh, they're, very, they're so similar. They're so similar. Like, if, do you have a choice to go to school? Well, no. Okay, so you're there. You're not there by choice. You're there by by force or by coercion, uh, <laughs> and you know you're surrounded by by kids who you're not not uh, associating with by choice necessarily. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of kids there which, if you if you're in the real world, you wouldn't hang around them and you wouldn't be in vicinity with them, and. Uh, and 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 these kids are going to pick on other kids because that's what that's what people do um, when when they're forced into this environment and they're frustrated. Uh, you know the, the the tensions develop. Yeah, and that that's what happens in prison. That's what happens in schools. It's, well, you, it's you divide it up into surprising. into classes, into age. I mean, you divide it up into age groups. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, like, um, if you look at intelligence, not from a from a capacity of, of ability or based on age, mm. there's a whole different range of, of uh, qualities that you can draw upon from like intelligence, like, you know, like yes. a social intelligence or an emotional intelligence or yes. even, like a, even like a level of uh, consciousness or awareness. You know, that, that's a huge part of intelligence. Yes. So, yes. you know, grouping kids together just because they're reasonably the same height um, <laughs> is, is, is ridiculous. Yes. How are you supposed to develop without, without lack of diversity? Yes, yes, that's right. But, and and this, I, I brought up this point on another one about the elephants. When you put elephants, if if you put a, a baby elephant in with adult elephants, then the the baby elephant will be socialized and and understand what's a proper way to behave. But if you put a, a bunch of baby elephants on their own, they'll become delinquent. They'll they'll go around um, annoying people and being violent. <laughs> because they they don't have the 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 correct um, the correct models of how to behave as an adult. Do you reckon you could draw the a study based on that? I mean, you could draw it up like the same characteristics mm. and look at the the increase in delinquency mm. against uh, in early adults mm. in in pretty much every society of, of human. Yeah. Yeah, that would be an interesting study. Like the amount of time spent around adults socializing with adults compared to the amount of um, the amount of time associating with people their own age, and what a difference it makes in in their behaviour. That would be very interesting to look at. Well, looking back at my own childhood development and stepping away from school, mm. the I think a big educating factor was my my interaction with weekend sports. Yeah. I go into little athletics. I, I was I was with a, a group of a group of kids, uh, my you know my my same age that we're all competing with, 
but there was always different adults that would walk around with you and you know you know facilitate the the measuring of of your shot put throws or discus or, or timing you know your runs and all that and even though we didn't really focus too much on uh, competing with each other because our group our group had like under 13s mixed through under 18s mm-hmm. it was it was a bigger it was a wider range of group but there's a mixed diversity of kids well, from different schools. So we had, that was kind of irrelevant. Mm. And it was more about uh, interests and um, in having a, a mixed range of adults that you work, that you associating with. Mm. Um, and as well, football as well. There's always a lot of dads that were there, help, you know, of course, helping you with the games and uh, the coaching and all that. And that, that was a big fact that I think if I didn't have, I would be a very different person. Mm. Like that school doesn't offer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. But, um, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about that because I'm actually considering, no, I, I, oh yeah, I'm considering the, the, is it called unschooling yeah. or non, it's more non-schooling, isn't it? Okay. It's yeah. Like, I like, mean, unschooling is what they call it, but or the, another way to, a, a little friendly away and in a public relations sense is, is student focused learning. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Yeah. There's, I mean, the terms aren't exactly equivalent, but that's, that's no. more the, the idea. It's, it's slightly more, it gives you more information for a term. So I'm not too sure how I'm going to facilitate all that. I'm going to do some serious research, mm. you know, but, but kids are a little, little way away. So it's, <laughs> it's, no, it's not like I need to worry about that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you're on the same page, right? You're thinking, yeah. When it comes time, obviously you're going to investigate other other forms of educating your children, yeah. Um, rather than just say, well, that's what dad did, and that's how his dad did it, and that's how that's how America does it, that's how, <laughs> that's how Australia does the, does it. <laughs> mm. I, I think I think everyone's capable of, of critical thinking. Yeah, most of us. Yeah, and and it's time to take responsibility. You know, you can't just send your kid to school because you went to school and then go, well, you know, well, he gets picked on. Well, he gets bullied. Well, he gets beat up. Well, he gets emotionally tortured. Part of the system. That's just the way it is. No, no, that's <laughs> like that's, that's not the way it is. Take that control. Be the way it is. Make some choices. Hmm. Investigate. We have topic? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think I think this is right to it. They get right to the heart of the matter. Yeah. So, yeah. Another thing which bothers me is is this idea of detention, and everybody actually oh, accepts it. Sorry, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's uh, that's obviously unlawful. Looking looking at it now from from everything I've learned, it's. There's no question about it that it's unlawful. And I remember that, like, if if you were detained after school, then what they would do was send a, a slip home, and you'd have to get your parents to sign it. And and at the time, I thought that ah, oh, this is actually because they they want to notify my parents. But when I thought about like just within the last couple of years, I realized oh, it wasn't just to notify them; it was actually to get their permission. Because if they if they did it without the parents' permission, then that would be unlawful. Because you can't just like detain someone against their will. Wait, this That's, is after school. 
after school, like, like, yeah, like uh, after school, like in, uh, in a free period, like eighth, eighth period at the end of the day, or even, yeah, I mean, they wouldn't, I guess they wouldn't detain us after the, the school actually finished because that would be a, a bother to the, to the teachers and it would mean I'm, I'd miss my bus or whatever. Yeah. But, but in the, in the free period at the end of the day, yeah, they, they would do that. So it was quite normal to have lunchtime detention. Yes. So you yes. Have that as well. Yeah, yeah, but they—I uh, don't know why—but they didn't ask parents permission for that. I guess they, I mean, they probably don't know why they're even asking the parents permission. But the 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 thing is, they yeah, they would just de- detain kids, deprive them of the, of their free time, uh, and I believe that's also—it's not just unlawful; it's it's illegal under Australian legislation, um, specifically delineated as illegal so but you know it happens all the time and i remember um my um one of my classmates one of my schoolmates uh, started asking the, t- the teacher about this and he was like well somebody has to maintain order in this place uh <laughs> and i it didn't click to me the the full extent of, of what was going on there at at the time um but but basically what he was saying was yeah, we're going to break the law because I have to. I have to be uh, an authoritarian asshole. So that's authority. <laughs> yeah, now we're moving to something a little serious. Yeah, because teachers are the the authority of the class. Mm. I, that's something I never really understood either. I never really had issues with teachers, but I was always in trouble. <laughs> and I never. And the worst part is, looking back, no, even at the time. I was often confused why I was in trouble. <laughs> That's the worst part. Right. Because it just, it makes you feel dumb. Mm. Like you, you just, you don't know what's going on. You're mm. confused. Like why, why am I outside again? Or why am I on the way to the principal's office? Or why am I talking to the head teacher again? <laughs> I, I, and I, I didn't, and most of, most of the time I, I didn't know why. Or, you know, I guess looking back, it was a, it was a reaction to something maybe another kid did. The other, the other kid was aware the teacher had back turned and I reacted as a teacher turned around. It was like that. That was like, it was a setup. It was a sting and I was caught every time. <laughs> but, th- but then you, you, you develop this, this negative rapport for teachers. Yeah. You, don't, you don't trust them. You don't care for them. You, you don't see them as they're there to help you. Yeah. And, you know, that, if that's ingrained in you at, in primary school, you go to high school and you, you're pretty much lost mm. because there's, there's, no, there's no way that you're, you're going to be able to open yourself to accept the help from a teacher. Mm. Like, you're not going to have the confidence to ask questions and you, you just generally don't want to be there. So the act of learning is, is far removed. Mm. And I think that's super common. Like that, that'd, that'd be extremely common. You're in a you're in a place you don't want to be in to start with. Hmm. And uh, yeah, man, I was I was in trouble a lot. And, and looking back, I'm not even sure why. <laughs> yeah, well, that I never happened to me to that extent. But with my little brother Amos, that kind of stuff was always happening to him. Uh, like people would people would start teasing him in class, and 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 he would just say, "Well, look." I don't really care. Um, and, and then the teacher would say, you, Amos, you, you're in trouble. 
you did <laughs> you yep. did whatever the wrong thing was. And he told me these stories, like someone would even be there. While the teacher was, was berating Amos, this kid was, was next to Amos, um, teasing Amos at the same time. <laughs> say, and saying, yeah, Amos, no. you're, you're, you're this and that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was just so ridiculous because, well, my, my brother, is, he's, not a, he's not a normal guy. He's an unusual guy. He stands out. Uh, and for, for that, he was the target of this kind of attention, whatever kind of attention, I guess, but specifically this, this negative attention. Yeah, I can't, I can't blame school for that. That's just an unfortunate outcome that, that I, think, <laughs> I think some of us have to experience. It's good for character, de- character development. Like I, I don't really buy that. <laughs> it's not like saying that like hitting people is good for their character development. It's good for their neck. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not. No, it's, it's not. Give you I a mean, bru- bruises, it'll toughen you up. It, there are better ways of doing things. Yeah, I I'm just trying to look at the the positive of a of a bad historical event. The positive of training people like shit. No, well, <laughs> this is this is what I'm aware of. Yeah, you know I wouldn't expect my kids to get through the same the same thing. Yeah, so there is there's definitely going to be an alternative education form or system. Mm. For for my for my children, mm. because I, I just I just don't care for public education. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we can get into that another time. We'll talk about unschooling and Montessori and the, and some other interesting ideas. Yeah, but you, so yeah, you did you did you said you did get into trouble quite a lot, but you you never really had a problem with authority, or you or you never you never question them or, or told them no like what you're doing is nonsense mm, i think i've always had an issue with authority yeah i, I think i think that that's that's pretty clear but um as as for my my relationship with teachers it was it was like we're both in this together so let's mm. just let's just go through the motions you're a teacher on the student i'll shut up and listen to what you have to say as there was a respect from person to person Okay, but I mean, I, I never really saw the, I never really saw the teacher as and as as uh, you know all, end all authority, mm-hmm. or as you know as, like I, I never saw them as a police officer. But now I look at police officers like they're not a, they're not an authority either. So I think that mm-hmm. seed of being able to identify the role and not attach that to authority has okay. has able to I mean that's given me access to to remove authority as in, you know, you're not the boss of me from pretty much every, you know, every role or every job or, you know, government position or whatever. Mm. Like I, I don't see why I need to go, I need to fall into place just because I, just because I'm told to. Yeah. Is that, that's kind of what you're saying? Yes. Yes. But, um, but I mean, I, I still had, you know, normal issues with teachers Press like on YouTube, press like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes and Pocket Casts. Follow us on Twitter at BattleAZ and Trouble Bubble and show your support at donate.theparadiseparadox.com. So here we go. <laughs> We're going to open up a little scar of mine. <laughs> It's probably out of the, the 13 years of school, 
this is probably the, the one event that, that I think was that, that cornerstone school experience. It was mathematics. It was in year six. So I'm, what, I'm 11, 12, I'm 12 years old. Mm. And it was, um, the school was trialing this changing of classes. So, you know, there was like in the morning, there'd be a different, a different class. You might do mathematics one morning and you know, everyone had a different teacher for, math, for mathematics. So year six, we, we, we changed teachers for that early, we mixed the, the year up. So, and I was, I was put in a class with Mr. Clayton and I'm not even sure what subject of mathematics we'll, we'll study in. But um, it was one of those moments where it's just like, shit, I, I got it. I worked it out. Like, I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so proud of myself because I worked out the answer. And I was like, well, that's so easy. Like, I get it. I understand how to add numbers. And so I, so I, just, I just blurted out the, the answer. Like, I just yelled it out. Like, that's it. And, um, and, that, and that, was, that was the end of me because, of course, it was wrong. <laughs> I Maybe I, you know, I don't know what I did. I was, like, I was so sure of the answer. Like, I was sure that was the answer. I was so proud of myself. Uh-huh. And I was wrong. <laughs> so, of course, you know, it was like, put the chalk down. This is the teacher. Pause the class. Like, you know, Aaron, what are you doing? You, you're yelling out answers. The answers are wrong. You're, <laughs> you're guessing. You're, um, you're wasting the class's time. You're wasting my time. You're wasting your own time. You're here to learn. Maybe you should leave the class. And it, it just kept going. It was like, you, you're, you're going to keep guessing your whole life? You're going to amount to nothing. <laughs> you, you're going to achieve nothing in your life. And, and then he started saying, you're just like, and he started saying other kids, like other kids in other classes, like you're just like these guys. And all of you are going to amount to nothing. I was like, this is a bit intense. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, so, yeah. so, so, so now my, my jugular is like, uh, what did I just do? Hmm. And, uh, you know, and I basically um, was, I, I could have said at that time, you know, I hated him for the rest of the year because hmm. it was just, it was a shock. It was, I thought I had the right answer. I thought I was participating in a class. Yeah. And it just, it just got me sweet. Like it was just, it was just uh, that, that speed bump that you didn't see. It was a complete shock. Hmm. So, um, you know, I was a pretty tough kid at this stage. Like, you know, I was, I've been yelled at by teachers from pretty much a whole life. I'm 11 years old, so I can deal with it now. And it got to the point that I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I want in my life. Mm. And I don't need some teacher to tell me that I'm not going to be something. Because, of course, you know, this is part of what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be whatever I want to be. And I, I've, I've left that open. But you don't need teachers yelling at you, telling you you're going to be nothing. So, you know, I went to university and it's like, you know, that stayed with me. Mm. I'm, I'm 18 years old now and, I'm, and I, I just went, I just got into uni and I'm studying and I'm doing well. And it's like, well, you know, screw you, Mr. Clayton, here I'm at university. And I, I didn't shake that until maybe 25, until maybe five years ago. I was like, you know what, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit, Mr. Clayton. I just let it go. Like, it was like, it took me that long to let go of that. Mm, that that pain of you know I need I need to show you something like yeah you know that that's like fifteen years of emotional damage mm. baggage that someone carries just because of a, a a wrong answer in mathematics it was like 
mean, at the moment, I'm completely at peace with it because I'm like, okay, it was funny. And I look back and it was a big chapter of my life. But it didn't need to be a big chapter of my life. Like that, that, was, that was bigger than school itself, that one moment. Mm. Um, so, but you cop it because I'm sure there's thousands of kids, millions of kids have the same, the same experience. And you leave and you, you, you're like, you know, you have this, this grudge, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah, and you know maybe that maybe that has served me in a way because it's pushed me a little bit. Like you know, I'm going to show him, but, but what, what a waste of energy! <laughs> yeah, you could you could have forgot about your grudge and just actually got on with your life. I, I could have just done well for yeah. me. Yeah, like I, I don't need to do well to sh- to prove myself to someone else. I mean, that's- prove that pinch him, Mister Clayton, trying to. <laughs> He's such a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, I, that's that's a thing because I think that a lot of teachers don't really realize that they have this can have this profound effect in the formative experiences of children, where they, they can actually ch- change the course of their lives, um, like even just in in one day in one moment like that. Well, I do remember this one time. I would think I was in year eight. And I, um, the whole class had had detention for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's probably some nonsense reason. Um, but I'd completely forgot about it. And so, so the, the science teacher, Mr. Murray, came up to me in another class and said, Hey, uh, you, f- you forgot the class. You forgot the detention. So you can come here to, um, make up for it. And, and he knew I was, I, I wasn't an idiot. He knew, he knew I was a, a that I probably just forgot. Um, so, so that was fine. He wasn't trying to like be extra hard on me because of it. Um, he just wanted to get it out of the way and make give this kind of appearance of justice being done or whatever. Um, so a- anyway, doing, doing the, the detention, we were, we were, um, wiping the desks down and, uh, the, there was, there was another teacher from the science faculty there with him and uh, and Mr. Murray said something like, "Oh well, you know, I guess uh, hope, hopefully we we won't see um, you kids back in detention again or something." And this other teacher said, "Well, I think these kids will do just fine getting themselves back into detention again." Uh, and it didn't have that much of an effect on me. It didn't weigh on me that much. But later it occurred to me how much of a self-fulfilling prophecy that was. Like she wanted to believe that we were bad kids, that we were doing things wrong and we were going to get punished for it. Why? (laughs) Why? We're just, you know, we're fellow human beings here. So that's such a such a fucked up thing to say to a kid. (laughs) It it, it is. But the the teachers are equally trapped in this because they get picked on by the kids you know, whether that's directly or by accident. Mm. And they, they carry that, that emotional pain as well. It's like most of the yeah. teachers come in so fresh and, you know, just out of uni and I'm going to change the world, I'm going to change these kids. And, you know, they, they, get, they, they get told that, you know, the kids are the future of, of this world and we need to educate them and they want to do well. Mm. But then the kids are, they're not aware of the intentions of the teacher. Mm. The kids are, are in jail. They, they just want to get out in the playground and do what they want to do. So then, of course, you know, they're going to react and they get, they're not going to give the teacher the best time. And it's like they're both fighting with each other. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's in, 
indicative of a toxic system, really. But yeah, I, um, another story I wanted to tell when I was in year six, I remember that. Let's see. It's difficult to capture the the background, but I guess I was I was always a, a kind of quiet kid. But this um, the at, at the time I was sat next to um, my friend Jonathan, who was a bit loud and, and rambunctious, and and sometimes disrupted the class with his with his little antics. Uh, but you know, again, he wasn't a bad guy. He's just like to like to mess around. Um, but uh, what happened, I think there's like some some of uh, Jonathan's, uh, how can I say it, his gusto rubbed off on me. And then one, one day, um, uh, our teacher, Mr. Marshall, um, he was saying something like, hey, when, I, when I'm speaking, I want you to put your pants down so you can listen closely. Uh, and um, then he, he started speaking and I still had my pen in my hand and I was like just just holding it. Uh, and he said, hey, what did I say? You know, put, put your pen down. Why do you have your pen in your hand? And, and I looked right back at him, and my lips started to quiver. And I saw the pen in his hand, and I said, why do you have that pen in your hand? Ooh, <laughs> that, that would have been game over, man. <laughs> you were in the coolest kid in class. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, man. Kurt's yeah, got well, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, my friends gave me props after the class <laughs> for standing up for it. But it, um, it, it was fun, interesting, too, because after that, Mr. Marshall actually, he, he said, look, I'm going to ignore that because I know you're, you're normally a good kid. But then uh, a, a few minutes later, he started, he more or less apologized to me because he knew what, what I said was right. Uh, and he, he said he didn't mind like it's it's not that you have the the pen in the hand. It's actually that you know sometimes it can be distracting. Um, but the, but the thing is, he I'd pointed out that he'd been a hypocrite, <laughs> uh, and, and it was like one rule for us and, and another rule for him. And yeah, it was a, it was an interesting case. But that was like this is probably the first time in my life that I ever st- stood up to a teacher. Um, it was good that he was a good sport about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was a he was a good guy. Um, yeah, but it's this authoritarian model, and I think there's a lot to be said about this meta communication. Like all these years, you know, ten, thirteen years of your life, you're in this classroom and you're you're told to do this. Uh, you're you're told listen to me. I'm the head of this class. I'm the one who calls the shots. You are subservient. And it's, of course, it's never blatant. They never say that, but that's the communication. It's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And to say that doesn't have an effect on you is... Yeah. It's, that's bullshit. <laughs> because, I mean, if you do anything... Mm. That you do anything for what is it? Three months, it becomes a habit. Yeah, yeah. So 30, I think it's actually thirty days. Thirty days. Really? Yeah. That, so you know, 10, 10, 13 years of your life—that's that could well become a lifetime habit. A lifetime habit of being subordinate, being being uh, 
a mindless follower, you know, doing what we say and that's it. Um, I was watching a video yesterday mm. that, that explained creativity is the only skill or I think it's more of a superpower that, okay. that we have that doesn't go away if you don't use it. Okay, okay. It's like, you know, you can have inactive creativity and then pretty much any day you want to try and activate that again, as long as you, as long as you had it in the first place, you can just, you can still be creative. It's, mm. like, it's like one skill, it never goes away. It's mm. like it's in you, it's part of you. And I think maybe that, that's why creative people, like, uh, you know, all forms of artists are probably a little bit more, um, I, I guess, immune to this 13 years of conditioning. Mm. Because, I mean, you often find that it's, that it'd be, it's the artist, one form or another, that, um, that seems to slip out of wanting that nine to five job or, or I guess needs that, needs that structure. Because it's almost like a, a, it's an infection for that, that structure. Like I need to go to school Monday to Friday. Right. I need to have my lunch break. It's like that it's, it's really pressing you out into that shape to fit into work life. And yeah, if, well, to fit, to fit into the industrial age, ooh, uh, to fit into a factory in 1880. But not not to fit into the the information age, not to become a, a yeah creative entrepreneur, or web developer, or, or um, you know technology company CEO or something like that. That's not, that's not what this is working towards. So is that a coincidence? Well, no, it's it's no coincidence. I mean, yeah, these these modern schools we can trace back the history. It's based on this Prussian model. It's it's basically a, a military model, like yeah, like I was saying, it's like a it's like a prison. Well, you know what you do in prison, you you muster up, which is exactly what they do in in the military. You muster up, and <laughs> uh, that is, you go to assembly, which is what you know you do that in school as well. They even call it that. Yeah, <laughs> they don't call it a muster in school; they call it an assembly. But <laughs> the, the the point is, it's it's the same system. It's it's they both have the same military source, uh, and it's you know the military is designed to beat the thinking out of you. Uh, that's why you know there's this joke like, uh, "Tell me an oxymoron: military intelligence." <laughs> there's no, there's no such thing, right? <laughs> well, there shouldn't be. But, but it's, it's, well, yeah, it's but... a good way to cover the budget. <laughs> and start, this is call a unit military intelligence, and just, <laughs> we just throw trillions of dollars down that hole. <laughs> just a bunch of guys sitting around throwing throwing darts at a dartboard to try to pick the next strategy. Well, yeah, but the the point is, I mean, the the idea of the military is, is to get you to obey not to think uh and the idea of a school well i mean they've made some improvements in school i don't think that they're that harsh but it's still within that same structure it's mm. it, it yeah i mean in china i know what they do like um like you you need to listen to the teacher don't don't ask questions of the teacher because what the teacher says is is how it is uh, and in Australia, it's not so much of that. I mean, they will encourage you to ask questions. If um, a, a lot of teachers will. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, and they want to get a conversation to make sure you have a thorough understanding of the the subject matter. Um, but it's it's still got that military structure. So I I'm going to throw something out. Um, mm. Maybe we can change the podcast format a little bit. Okay. We should give homework just to keep in line with the theme to everyone that's tuning in because they would have went to school as well. Yeah. Like, like pretty much I can guarantee that most people that are, that are watching or listening mm. would, have, would have went to school and they mightn't realize how far down the, the, the press they are. Mm. So, you know, everyone should practice some creativity. Yeah. Like, trying to deprogram themselves. Like yeah. take up an instrument or, or start active doodling if they're in an office right now or if they're on the bus on the way to work. Mm. Or uh, try and imagine what that cloud in front of you is. Look at your car window as you're running late to work and you park that traffic light. It's still <laughs> red. Look at the cloud. Tell me what you see. Let's start activating the creativity. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to help them. Yeah, yeah. Break out. I th- I think so. Yeah, I yeah. This authoritarian model. I think it's the reason why. I, I guess it's more efficient in, in Australia than in Mexico because uh, because there are so many hardcore statists in Australia. Like if you if you question the idea of government in Australia, people will say, "No, we need it. It's it's necessary to life." You know, it's. Uh, um, they they got to have it. It's like an addiction. They need they need someone <laughs> telling them what to do. If they don't have someone telling them what to do, they they just don't know. Uh, but it's not it's not really true though. But that's their fear. They fear that somebody won't be making demands on them, which is really perverse. It's because it's then nuts. you ask them, "Do you know what you're doing?" And of course, they know what they're doing, but <laughs> everyone else doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the that's the 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 great quote that that says, "Yeah, every man to himself is an anarchist, but of course, everybody else needs those rules, not me. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else needs to be told what to do, but not me." Mm. So you think you think other countries have it less, or from your know. experience, I think. I guess perhaps the like in Mexico this this system isn't as developed or maybe teach, teachers are more apathetic so so people don't um pay attention so much to this to this authoritarian model or it's also I I guess maybe it's just plain old Mexican hospitality like like people the the teachers are willing to be friendly, they're willing to cooperate with their students. I don't, I don't know if that's a thing because I know that, like, what's the word? Cap- corporal punishment, <laughs> not capital punishment, corporal punishment is, is still um, very uh, very important in Mexican culture. Which is very, how, how can I say that? That's not, that's not what I want to say exactly. It's, very, it's, it's something, unfortunately... Which still happens a lot in Mexico. Like, yeah, you got to beat your kids to get them in line. That's that's something that still goes on a lot. But on the other hand, you have this this Mexican rebel spirit, and I'm not sure how that paradox is resolved. But that's that's how that's how it goes. Oh, well, I'm trying to work that out. 
by talking to a lot of people, but it doesn't, I haven't seen a, a crack in it yet because mm. everyone seems to be of the understanding that, you know, they're their own boss and they do what they want. Right. Really, there's no need for government. We know that. Mm. But we need government, right? <laughs> it's, well, the, it's literally yeah. right next to each other. Yeah. Because there's, yeah. there's no crack where it's like where there's an opening for thought into, well, we don't need them, but we need them. But there's no, there's no high, there's no like, uh, there's no thought into, well, what do they actually do? And maybe <laughs> I could actually do that instead. Yeah. And well, you, you told me that, that story, like, uh, like who was it about Kumamoto the, the other day you were talking to? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Kumamoto is, is an independent um, politician. I think he's only 25 years old. And this is significant because they, they changed the rules in this, in this election just passed where independents can run. But Kumamoto is is uh, the the member or the the not not the mayor but the alcalde uh, of Sapopan, where Aaron lives, uh, and he's the he's the only independent elected in this election who has never who has never been associated with any major party. So um, when people aren't exactly sure yet what this means, but tell tell us the story. Well, he won. Because he, he led a real uh, grassroots campaign, really like shoestring budget, a lot of door-to-door knocking. Um, he, one of his main points that he was pushing was, I'm not going to, I don't need a salary like the other guys. Mm. So, you know, he was, and I think it was less than, he's, he's accepting less than half of the salary to do the same, to, do, to be in the same role, yep. to operate the same position. And uh, you so know, he's, he's willing to put his money where his mouth is. So he's, that's something that shows character. But the but then what comes next is my my joke is well, of course he can take half the money. They're already overpaid to start with. <laughs> and what do they actually do? Yeah. And everyone's left with uh, the winds <laughs> just taken out of their sails. Like, well, it's good. He's taking less of our money that I pay when I go to work and I pay tax on everything that I buy. <laughs> when I do work and now I'm actually a productive member of society. Yeah. And then you've got someone that's perhaps questionably productive, non-productive. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to defy that right now. But the question is, for that, for that money that you're paying him to do his job, what is his job exactly? Okay, you can give him a title, but what does he actually do? <laughs> and then everyone's left like, well, I don't know, government stuff. <laughs> That's it. <right>? Yeah. <laughs> so nobody knows. Everybody thinks it's important, but nobody actually knows what the hell he's doing. So I think that, that's the issue. Like mm. if the government, if the roles were more obvious to the public, then they could decide, well, you know, he doesn't really do that or there's no need for him to do that. And then, yep. other, and then that's when we can open up the, the understanding to the collective that um, there are other ways of doing government. Mm. And that's going to that's gonna be when the change Volunt- starts coming. Voluntary government or polycentric law or just any, any other system except a centralized monopoly. <laughs> yeah. Wrapped it up. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. So what, what did you learn from your time at school? We're we doing question time? Yeah. Well, cool. it's, this, okay. this, is a, this is a major point, right? Um, 
What, so you asked me, like, what did I learn from school? Yeah, yeah. And what, was the, what were the important things that you learned? I mean, obviously you learned arithmetic, but I don't think that's the core of what, what we want to get at. The biggest lesson mm. was how to play the game. Yep. You know, you, you work out who the actors are, who's in what seat, and what you need to do to get through, mm. to get through the game. So, you know, you, you realize, and then it's later that you look back and go, well, I was really there to learn stuff, mm. but I was too busy trying to work out how to get out, or how, to, how to get through my time. Yeah. Um, the best, most efficient way that, that seemed valuable to me at the time, even mm. though at the time, maybe I didn't have the, the, the correct awareness to know, to see what would be valuable for me in the future. And I mean, who can see the future? Mm. Very few of us. So, <laughs> so it's difficult to make a decision, you know, when you're 10 years old yeah. for the Aaron that you're going to be when you're 25 yeah. or 50. Um, so, you know, you kind of take, you know, what's, what's best for me right now? What's best for me right today? And it's just to, and you know, it's, it's to play the game well. That, 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 was, that was my life, my life lesson. And okay. the, the worst part is it kind of, it, it skews your view. On, on the rest of the world and the, and the way you live your life because, you know, I, I got through school yep. and then, then you go to uni and I, I, I guess I wasn't really a good student. Mm. I wasn't a good uni student because I was, I was there to get the best mark with the least amount of effort. Mm. That's the mentality that I had. And, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Mm. And I think that maybe that's, that's what school provides. And then you go to work and, I mean, you, I'm sure you can think of many workplaces where you've seen people where they, they, they do as little work as possible to continue, in, to continue with their job. And I think that's kind of the exact same mentality that you get from going to school. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, they, ne- they never chose to go to school. Maybe they never chose to, to get this job or this job isn't, isn't the job they actually wanted. And because of that, they only make this half-assed effort. And, you know, they do, <laughs> they do the bare minimum to get along. And then you look at the direct comparison mm. of entrepreneurship or people that are in startups or, or, or an artist that's trying to sell and produce their own work. It's like every single moment into their day of work is 100% output, 100% effort. Mm. Like I need a result. I need, like they, they know what results they need and they know what they need to do to get there. And it's not about bare minimums and maximum achievement. It's maximum, maximum, maximum for my time and effort. Mm. And, uh, and then, then, of course, you see, you know, the, the innovation and, and birth of, of companies that do go on to change the world. And, and these, these guys often dropped out of university or, uh, or all ran away from school. <laughs> right? Yeah. Look, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what it is. Unfortunately, yeah. I wasn't that switched on. So, <laughs> you know, I kept, I kept in the game. And I didn't change the game. I guess what I learned from school is just that I don't like school. Um, school sucks. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, like... Straightforward. <laughs> I, I like what uh, D- Doug Casey says. I, I don't have a problem with authority. I just don't like people telling me what to do. And yeah, a lot, a lot of the... T- I mean, I know a lot of the teachers I have were good people. But there were some teachers who were not good people um student uh teachers that would belittle the students at any opportunity or 
you know, I remember I had this this teacher who was a, a real bitch who would uh, she she told us that we had to stay back after class, like eating to our lunchtime, um, to find ten words that we've never heard before from from this book, which is like it's a, a teen fiction book and i was like so you're gonna punish me because i have a large vocabulary this is like <laughs> this is something not right going on here <laughs> you couldn't um, pretend not to <laughs> well i think that in the end that's what i had to do so again you know that's the that's the problem she's encouraging me to lie which i didn't want to do but there you go. You put it right in front of me. You made me, you turned me into a liar because <laughs> you, you put this choice, but, you know, either you're going to get freedom or you're going to lie, you know. Uh, I mean, if, to get freedom, you need to lie. So, um, yeah, but uh, like what you said, I, I agree. Uh, like if, if I was back there now and I was you know, 14 or 15 years old, and I knew what I knew now, I would have quit school as soon as possible. I would have said, yep, see you guys, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to start building websites, and that's what I'm going to do. So, Yeah, yeah so, I, I completely agree with you. Actually, yeah. I feel somewhat, I feel the, the remorse of, damn, <laughs> I should have left a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we all have to play our position from where we are and what, with the knowledge that we have. But I guess at, at that point, I, I guess to some extent, I have to take responsibility for this, but from some extent too, I, I have to say they had me brainwashed, <laughs> so indoctrinated that it never occurred to me that I could just leave. Do you think you could sue them for that? Like, <laughs> you know, just, just because you're going to need some capital just right. to, you know, to take these new... This new path in life. <laughs> well, this is the the law in Australia is I think you need to stay in school until you're 15 or 14 or nine months or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think for, for most kids that are at that point that they're about to leave school, mm. maybe the ones that it's, – it's interesting, isn't it? It's like now I'm thinking the kids that are 15 yeah. and that, that pretty much are ready to leave school, mm. the ones that have been fighting for their whole life to get out of school – are probably the ones that learn the least and probably should stay in there just a little <laughs> bit more, right? Like the, the ones that are actually at the point where they're able to leave school, Yeah, I'm assuming probably can't read that well. Mm. Maybe their writing skills aren't up to scratch. I mean, these guys aren't going to leave and write websites tomorrow or proposals for, for I mean, in general. Mm. But um, why don't they just condense it? Well, you know what? I think, I think for my children, I'm going to give them the, 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 the minimum, condense what I think was good in school, which is, I mean, learn how to learn arithmetic, learn mathematics, yeah. um, learn what's, what's useful. Mm. But I mean, um, although we say, yeah, of course, when we're 15, we can leave school. We'll get out of there as soon as we can and start pursuing you know, actual interests mm. and, and find passions in life. Mm. Um, the kids that are actually on that track at 15 – probably aren't in the best position to do so i don't know i don't know it, it depends on it depends on the kid i mean it really does yeah but you look at um jeff Bowick. i like this the story tells he was basically like he he knew 
school was a big scam and he was like, this is nonsense. They're teaching me this outdated stuff. And, and so he, he just uh, went to school and got to pass the exams with like a 50%, just enough to get his mother off his back mm. um, so he could go in and uh, work on stuff on the internet. And, uh, yeah, that, uh, that, I think that works out well. Of course, that worked out well in his case. He's, he's uh, not a regular person, not, <laughs> not, the, not the regular man off the street. But uh, I think that if these people, are, you know, if they've been in school for 10 years already and they, they haven't learned to, to read properly, well, how is staying in school going to help them? That's like a sunk costs fallacy, like, Oh, let's let's stay, stick around to see yeah. if this is if this is going to pan out. No, it's not going to pan out. They've forgotten about you. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't 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 uh, don't count on them to teach you if they've already failed ten years in a row. <laughs> you got to learn some other way. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's really just a, a sad outcome of an unfortunate system. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I think it's a shit system and public schools should probably be abolished and <laughs> people should uh, learn some other way to educate. Any other way. Hmm. There are other ways. Yeah. There's many ways to learn as there are people. All right. So did you have any final words? Just do your homework, kids. <laughs> Stay in school. No, drop out of school. That's and what I meant to say. Paint. Drop out of school, kids. Go graffiti something. Do, do something you're passionate about. Do, do something which gives you practical skills immediately. Get some on-the-job on experience or get, get a job and build up some capital so you can start your own business because that's where the future is heading. It's not, it's, it's not heading to you know, doing some gender studies degree i mean if you really want to study to be an engineer or something like that fine go ahead but know what you're about question yourself that's yeah that's my idea that's it. <laughs> if, you, if you can change your life go ahead if you don't know if you can change your life take a shot do it anyway <laughs> change something do something awesome all right my name's kurt robinson and my name's aaron battle We've been the Paradise Paradox. Thanks for listening. So here's what I want you to do. Big favor. Go on Facebook. Go to type in the Paradise Paradox and press like on our Facebook page. Hover over the like button and you see there's a get notifications button. That's going to mean that every time we post something that's completely bonkers, you can get sucked up into the insanity. And then you can, gonna, you can go on iTunes, press subscribe on iTunes, uh, on Pocket Cast as well, if you use Android, then you can go to donate.theparadiseparadox.com. We really love it. We appreciate it. We we bow down before your feet and kiss them and and cover them in salves and oils, just like um, Mary Magdalene did to Jesus. Because <laughs> we really appreciate that you you send us a, a little bit of money uh, to say that you care about what we're doing. So that means a lot to us. Suggested donation, one US dollar per episode that you like. So go on donate.theparadoxparadox.com and support us. Also, you can go 
on theparanoseparadox.com. If you're going to buy something from Amazon, head on over to theparanoseparadox.com. You see up the top, it says Shop Amazon. And that means if you're ordering something from Amazon in the, in the United States, you can click on that link. And that's not going to mean any inconvenience for you or any extra cost or giant flying purple monkeys appearing at your window and knocking, breaking to get in, demanding your iPhone. It's not going to mean that. What it is going to mean is that we receive a small commission of everything that you spend. So go on there, buy a million books. Perhaps I was about to start speaking Spanish, don't know why. Uh, perhaps something by John Taylor Gatto about education. And thanks so much for listening, guys. What, what did we miss? Oh, Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Twitter. at Trouble Bubble. At Battle Thanks so much. Thanks for your support. Thanks for your donations. Thanks for your attention. Thanks for being really cool. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace. All right, all right, all right. Thanks for listening to another profound and soul-crushing episode of The Paradise Paradox. Remember, if you want to have a look at the show notes, head on over to theparadiseparadox.com slash 42. That's theparadiseparadox.com slash 42, Douglas Adams' favorite number. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>